Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Talking About Music with Friends. My name is Brendan Michael Brady. I'm Blake Allen Harms, and this week we have... Blake Thomas Lyman, uh, BTL, almost like the sandwich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is welcome. this the first time your, your middle name has been made known to the public? Uh, I think most people, I did have a dumb running bit when I was 18, um, on Facebook where I would change my middle name all the time to just random stuff, like random words from French class, um, or just, or famous people or something. Um, but then like Facebook put a policy down that I couldn't change because I'd changed it too many times. So for the last six months of my freshman or my senior year, my first year in college, my name was Blake, the situation Lyman after uh, Jersey Shore started the situation. So that's how I added everyone on, on Facebook in, in 2011 at, at college, my freshman year. So that was uh, a running nickname that kind of died with Blake the Situation Lyman, so. Wow, that's, that's so a, That's funny a deep that, cut. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm glad I stumbled into that. I, <laughs> I hate stumbling into Facebook rules like that. Like I, I stumbled into the, you can only message 1,000 people in a week span beyond I ran for US USA. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so apparently there's the, they've, they've got a cap on messenger. Yeah. They, put they wanted work. to run. Yeah. They wanted to run interference on your ground game, man. You should have. Yeah. Oh, I tried. I thought of everything. <laughs> you could probably join a lawsuit with that. Throw with the Trumpers, man. They take your cause. That's election interference, brother. Yeah. That Mike is... Lee will take you to Washington, man. <laughs> Ugh. If I'm lucky. Yeah, I'd love to share a plane with Michael Lee. <laughs> oh, okay. One time I saw Rob Bishop in the airport. Oh, get out. By himself. He was What'd wearing. You say? I didn't say anything. I wasn't going to say anything to him. He didn't know me. Yeah. I don't like to say. I If I ever see people out in public that are public figures, I don't say what's up. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. um, that's a code, mostly yeah. because of social anxiety, but also out of respect. And I don't want, I don't want to talk to Rob Bishop. No, that's uh, one I wouldn't want to say what to no. anyway. <laughs> giving them you give them the head nod so you like acknowledge that hey, I know who you are, but I'm not gonna be a jerk about it. Yeah. Because that was <laughs> a year or two ago. I saw Christian Bale in the Salt Lake City airport. Oh. Sundance yeah. time? Uh, it was not Sundance time. That's why but I'm like, I would have thought that. So I walked past him, I was like, wait. And, and like I was, I was around the area because he was standing there. I was going to my gate, and then I walked past again and, and we made eye contact and I just Give a subtle nod, like, hey, I know what's up. I'm not going to mess with you. Go get your Cinnabon, but hey. (laughs) He probably, with his Australian background, he probably appreciates a nod. That's like, that's a common greeting in Australia. Is he Australian? Uh, Yeah. I I thought he was British. Who do you think we're talking about, Arms? Christian Bale, Batman. Batman. No, he's English, brother. Okay. From some Commonwealth. But Wales. (laughs) Wales. What a, I've been to Wales. Very uh, mountainous region lots there are actually more sheep in wales than people in fact Uh, you learned that in geology (laughs) in geology of course well you guys um our show our show is about music so uh before we get into into all that chat uh we in the pre-show uh blake lyman filled us in that he had a uh a humorous story about his uh uh trip to get a vaccination so blake do you want to yeah fill us in this, this is my first time telling the story because it happened three hours ago so this is gonna be a rough cut let's see if we can workshop it and do like a little stand-up bit for three minutes you guys can give your feedback in the comments but um so i went to get my vaccination i was at the sandy 
uh, Expo Center, South Mountain, or whatever it's called, right by the uh, the Mayan, rest in peace. Um, and one, you had to walk two miles to get anywhere in there. You had to go, I don't know if you guys went there somewhere else. You went to Salt Palace, didn't you say, Brendan? Salt Palace, yes. Okay, yeah. So I imagine it was just a cavern in there and had to go through all that, check, walk past like 18 old ladies with no job other than to just like slightly yep. gesture to keep walking. those flags too. <laughs> yeah, there's so <laughs> many traffic flags inside a convention center and they just would point with their full hand. It was never a finger because that looks kind of rude, but the full hand just like, yeah, keep walking. And I get in to take my vaccine. I'm sitting down and the nurse is asking me the questions. Um, just, you know, are you on a blood thinner medication? Have you had a vaccine the past two weeks? Any of this stuff. And they have us two to a table. We got spread out enough, but there's me with the nurse and the other end of the table. There's another guy talking with a nurse, getting his vaccine. Um, and we're just going through the questions, pretty basic, just saying yes to everything or no, if it records, but whatever. And all of a sudden we hear next to us, a woman just like scream, like, ah! just freak out. And, and I just look, look quickly enough to just see that guy who was getting his vaccine just slump and then just hit the ground hard, just go down. And he is out for the count. And I have, we have security, we have nurses running in, everyone. And uh, so they have probably 10 people gathered around him on the floor. They're lifting his feet up. They got blankets. They got everything. They got a couple of curtains nearby to give him privacy, everything. And the nurse goes, turns back to me like, oh boy, that's scary. Uh, all right, so will you roll up your sleeve for me, please? <laughs> That's the only time I've been scared of the vaccine the whole time. So I, I'm just looking over there the whole time, and she's just jabbing me. I'm like, is that going to be me? Oh, shit, I got the bad table. I got the wrong one. And he just – I didn't even see him ever get up. I hope he's okay. I don't know how to check on him. But it just was frightening. Literally five seconds before I get mine, this dude's gone. And I think it may have just been a fear thing because there were a couple people with him. Um, the woman who screamed was, was with him. So I wonder if there's just fear needles or anything like that. Um, but that was the one time I was like, Oh gosh, maybe these yeah. are horrible. <laughs> and that's why you don't lie about the blood thinner question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. It was kind of a surreal event. Uh, I had mine, my, me and Jess had ours yesterday at the salt palace. And yeah, it's just like you go into the parking garage and then people just guide you like cattle and you get mm-hmm. your little shot and uh, sit there for 15 minutes. So you don't go anaphylactic and then um, you leave. And now I guess that you're just okay a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. It's very, very surreal to me. Yeah. What yeah, did you like, guys? Oh, sorry. Arms. It's just funny. Cause I kept getting congratulated. That was, uh, that was <laughs> yeah. the most, it was a very positive part. Congratulations. Congratulations on your vaccine. I was like, I won an award or something. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just woke up early on Wednesday before everyone else could register. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Well, it's a, it's a fact of life, I guess. And um, hopefully it will allow us to go back to seeing live music, live concerts, live mm-hmm. shows. Um, Blake, uh, Blake Lyman is a film enthusiast. So I know that some movie theaters are already opening up, but hopefully, you know, nothing like seeing a popular movie on a midnight mm-hmm. premiere or a, a really good movie with a good crowd. So hopefully yeah. we can get back to all of that. Thanks to these vaccines. Um, and, you know, shout out to all the volunteers, the, the nice nurse who uh, stuck me volunteered uh, her time. I feel like a lot of them are volunteers, maybe awesome. all of them. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but kudos to them because it, it does, uh, it, it's a nice genuine feeling to see everyone mm-hmm. kind of coming together for this. So uh, let's dive into the show. Current event this week, uh, Taylor Swift is releasing a 27 track 
album of her re-records um are we gonna listen jess and i were talking about it earlier and jess said that there are possibly like seven to 14 new tracks on there so i might be interested in those but uh wow. are you guys gonna tune in that's a whole new album on there that's uh, <laughs> or two eps however you want to dice it up um i mean i'll listen i'll throw it on if it's around i mean I, I see it be a big deal for a lot of people online about excited to listen to it. I'm like, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for everyone involved. I, I think I'll throw it on. Um, but especially if there's that many new songs, why not? I mean, I thought both her releases last year were some of my favorite of all time from her. I loved them both and, and had constant play in my car. So I'll take a peek. I'll take a listen. I don't know. Yeah, me too. I'm really interested in what makes the cutting room floor of a Taylor mm -hmm. Swift album. Like, what doesn't she want on the album? Because it feels like everything makes it in. <laughs> yeah. Well, something something crazy about she's re-releasing Fearless, I believe. She said that in the process of making Fearless, she wrote and recorded over 100 songs. And she was like a teenager at that point. She was either a teenager or she was 20. Was she 20 years old? I'm getting a head nod. Uh -huh. Oh, uh, that was me. I was on mute taking a drink of water. Oh, okay. So that well, was... she was in any event. <laughs> in any event, was she was not very disagreeing. young. She was very mm -hmm. young, and um, again, kudos to her because uh, I like I I'm taking the spite angle in all of this. Um, you know, screw Scooter Braun. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope that um the the songs that he owns uh never gets played again, and um yeah I. I don't wish any ill onto him, but um, you know what, dude? Just be better. Just yeah. be yeah. don't care about money so much. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> thanks for that giggle. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> so what have we been what have we been listening to this week? Um I'm gonna pick on Blake Harms first. Blake Harms yeah. listening to yes. this week. Um, so I got excited when I saw that St. Vincent was going to release an album this year. And so I went back and listened to, um, mass education. And I also listened to one, a couple of her, like the first album in, or second album in 2011. And, um, it's just fun to, I didn't realize how many of those songs were like kind of embedded in my DNA when I was a kid. So it was fun to listen back through this week. She's definitely a blind spot for me in the in the scheme of indie musicians. I've never, Ooh. I honestly could not name you a St. Vincent song. So maybe I'll have to check that out. Uh, do yourself a favor and do it. Listen to New York, mm -hmm. LA, Los Angeles, Cruel. Chicago, Houston, Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> all the big ones. Um. Blake Lyman, what have you been listening to in quarantine? Like, have you been diving back into things? Have you been discovering new things? I I feel much more, I'm trying to go through my Spotify right now um, and also give you updates to that. One that I have done um, a couple months back is I found my my iPod Nano um, that I probably bought in 2007. Wow. Um, it was like a square. It was like the first one you could play videos yeah. on. I remember I had the hangover on there. And I was like 15 and didn't tell my mom because I'd get in trouble because it's rated R. And I used to watch The Hangover on like a two-inch screen. Um, but I found that. And so I was like, oh, hell yeah. So I, I went through and I made an, uh, a playlist on Spotify of just like every song I ever liked on my old iPod. And so it is, it doesn't flow at all. It's got like the Decemberists and then Mika 
and Blue October, <laughs> a lot of Regina Spectre, some AWOL Nation, not Sale. Um, it's it's a it's a modest mouse, a lot of modest mouse. It's just a mix of all that. Um, I named it. I tried to think of just 2008, like when I got the iPod, and I just the first thing I thought of was Sarah Palin, because um, I don't like my playlist on Spotify having a name that makes sense. I don't know why. I just hate it. It's got to have a dumbass name. So Sarah Palin <laughs> is my throwback iPod playlist. I've been listening to a lot of that. Um, this past week, I've been listening to a ton of I don't know how to say her name, uh, Waxahachie. Waxahachie. Oh, yeah. Waxahachie. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Put out one of the best albums of the year last year. Okay. We, she, we think. Yeah. I would agree then because it's she just released St. Cloud. That's the album, right? Plus, yeah. plus three. So she released three extra songs. Yes. Onto that album just a week ago or so. So I've been listening to, I listened to her a decent bit last year um, just because uh, Fire is one of my favorite songs oh. of all time. It is amazing. It gives me chills. Mm-hmm. So good. <laughs> like yeah. I'll, it, it's one i'll do six times in a row like on my walks around my neighborhood just a dumb little quarantine walk every day i just love it. i'll throw in the queue so <laughs> I think that's what i've been listening to recently along with i you guys i actually this is a good question because you guys are music guys i'm crazy i think from what people have told me i'll go into my liked songs which is five thousand click the one i saved recently and just let the let it go just see what's in there do you guys do that too people have Absolutely. told me that's insane okay not on the liked, not on the liked songs. No. Yeah. You gotta build a playlist for it. I don't know why. Um, I like songs to save them for later. Honestly. Me too. Or if I like click on someone's um, like if they share something on their Instagram story, and then I like it, I'll just like it to save it for later. Um, mm. instead of like adding it to a playlist or anything. So, yeah, no, I don't do that. But that's that's interesting. It's it's very dumb because I'll skip. 30 songs in a row. <laughs> I'll, I'll like one and then like the next 30 just do not fit the mood. It's not what we're getting for in this walk or this drive right now. Yep. So why don't I just choose? I don't know. I, I, I'm paralyzed by it. I only have a few playlists built out on my on my phone um, or my Spotify. So I really, I wish I was more of a playlist guy. I'm just not good at it. I just go and let just Jesus take the wheel, you know? Yeah, yeah. I used, so. to, be, I used to do the same thing, 5,000 or 6,000 mm-hmm. in my like. And a tip is just hit shuffle, then you don't have to, you know, it's nice to shake it up a little, you don't have to skip 30 times. But I also started making new playlists after I got tired of songs in my like, and I just drag and drop them over into another folder. And that's kind of how I fixed my process. And now I'm down to like 500 instead. (laughs) Okay, I dig. I'm always always interested to hear how people do their personal listening. Because for me, it's like, I make a playlist like maybe once a month or twice a month and uh it's just like totally random no flow just what i like what i want to hear um and then i i name it as the date i created it because then i like looking back and i like uh being like oh i was in this mood when i listened to this song and that tells me a lot about that time of year so it's almost kind of like a little journal yeah i like that yeah yeah I also needed to fit in it. I think it's brave to listen to your middle school iPod again. Like I, I broke mine out yeah. in pandemic also. And it sounds a lot like yours actually, but there were some songs in there that I had, I just like listened and would start like kind of feeling weepy. I'm thinking yeah. about some of the middle school emotions. So that was well, funky. Some, some of them blew my mind how I knew them. Like there was one <laughs> song that I love, Find a Way by Bay J. I love that song in high school. It's just some basic pop song, I guess I heard on the radio. 
and she has three total songs on here and like 50,000 listens all time. Like that's it. Like how the hell, how did I even find this? Who put this on the radio? So it's just kind of funny because I don't feel like I could ever find anyone like that again nowadays. Um, mainly because I, I feel like I've gotten really worse at listening to new music. I'm scared. I've just kind of hit that point of age where I'm just like, all right, I got the people I like. If they release new stuff, awesome. If a new Bon Iver album comes out, great. Kendrick Lamar, awesome. All these other people, I'm listening. But the new stuff, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't have time to find it. I don't, I don't really know how to, because I'm, I just feel like we never listen to the radio anymore. At least I don't, because I'm uh-huh. always plugged into my, you know, my Spotify. I have the yeah. cord, right? So I don't know yeah. how, I, I've been trying to be better at my Discover Weekly, because that's like the only way. And I have saved a couple songs a week on that. But I don't know. How do you guys stay up, like listening to new stuff? And, you know, I know it's a big passion for you as a hobby as well, but just curious. Mostly Pitchfork. And I listen to some NPR radio shows sometimes. And they bring on recommendations and they do their favorite albums out week by week. Um, And that's some, I used to get music that way, but then it got too funky. I don't mean like the genre funky. I just meant kind of fun, too weird for me. Yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, I I look at Pitchfork because um, I hate myself. I guess now uh, they. I think that Pitchfork serves uh, an interesting role. Like it's I find I definitely find music that I indie music I would never listen to on there. Yep. Um, and then I have a uh, I have a few podcasts that I listen to where they like talk about music. And then I have a like Spotify radio show. So these two bros, uh, they just like pick five song, five new songs a week, and uh, they have like a deal with Spotify. So they, it's like a real radio show. They like talk with each other, jab, whatever, blah blah blah, and then they play the full song, and then they recap it, going, you know, conversation next song. Mm. So it's a and it, it's once a week, and I find like pretty good stuff and then they just talk about other types of music on that show like they'll say like oh this reminds me of this and then i'll go and look up that so honestly that's how i find it and like just youtube like wormholes like i haven't done that in a long long time but that's how i used to find like all of my music was on youtube yeah a lot of friends too i think i think that like a big question i usually ask is like oh what have you been listening to lately and like sometimes it's nice like i have a friend who who I keeps giving me this amazing rap, <laughs> like I, so that's nice. But yeah. I think it mostly everyone else is kind of a, an, an echo chamber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and album club. How could I forget? Yes, that's a self plug. That's a good. Um, honestly, like uh, I found like Sierra Wise, uh, member of album club. Shout out to her. She listens. Uh, she recommended or we listened to uh the japanese house and i had never listened to the japanese house and i they're like one of my one of my favorite listens these days wow. uh cool. so just like weird idiosyncratic things like that like yeah. you gotta pick up on but yeah uh this week i have been listening to uh this band called dry cleaning uh, their pitchfork special Blake uh, Blake Harms. I don't know if you saw him on there. <laughs> yeah, <I> saw him. <laughs> that, that song "Scratch Card Lanyard." Did you listen to it? I thought it was good. I thought it was good too. It's um, Blake Lyman. If you haven't listened to it, 
it's okay. kind of like slow core punk um and the lead singer is a, a woman and she has a very disinterested voice it's <laughs> it hits very hard but her her songwriting and her speech pattern is really very interesting and very okay. unconventional i honestly don't know how to, to describe it other than like slow core punk but yeah, it's it's pretty good. it's good it's it's good okay i haven't ever been on pitchfork actually i think i see people screenshot it and get mad about the ratings online yeah um like do you guys just go to the website and click on best new music is that how you find it should there be an app i should download i mean um, i sound old as hell right now but no <laughs> or you can you can get their newsletter their newsletter yeah, is not bad yeah, yeah. I, I try not to read the reviews of albums that i really like because yeah. i'll just like get mad and it also just like i i sometimes i just like don't care they got a best new music um yeah. playlist on spotify too that's really oh, okay. nice and then that's like that's how i found like adrian lecker a few weeks ago and who's a very fun like indie okay. woman yeah big, but big um thief, big thief member uh adrian linker uh-huh yes and um I also they, today yeah. I listened to uh, the Radiohead album Amnesiac, which is if you've listened to Kid A, uh, when they wrote Kid A, they also made Amnesiac alongside with it as like a dark twin, and then they mm. released it very nonchalantly. So it sounds a lot like Kid A B sides, um, just okay. like really, really like not really slow but just like melodic electronic music um with a lot of like tom york crooning so if you're into radiohead and you've never really like listened to amnesiac yeah give it a, give it a listen because kid a is definitely my favorite radiohead album i don't think that's very controversial but i like in rainbows which probably is wow i th i think um in rainbows i think it's between in rainbows and kid a honestly for a lot of people i think that that's where their allegiances lie i also like the bends but yeah. it doesn't sound it just sounds very much of the time whereas kid a sounds very futuristic and not like anything anyone had ever done before mm -hmm. so I, but i mean the song the bends is classic it gets me going every time mm -hmm. and and uh i think that that's a good point to transition into something else that gets me going every time i listen to it uh, it's the subject of our podcast this week. Blake Lyman chose Carly Rae Jepsen's 2015 Emotion um, as our listen. Blake, do you, uh, Blake Lyman, that is, do you want mm -hmm. to uh, give us a little recap, you know, just one, two minutes, uh, your background with the album? Did you listen to it right when it came out? Did you have kind of a renaissance with it? You know, why did you pick it? Yeah. What do you love about it? Give it all to us. All right. Um, so the album came out 2015. I did not listen to Carly Rae's album until I'm trying to remember the exact time. Um, I wish I could tell you, um, because it's, she's such an important integral part of my life now. Um, I'd probably say it was probably late 2016, early 2017. So a good year and a half after it come out. Um, I think I'd first heard, um, why am I blanking that I heard run away with me um the the first track and my favorite and a lot of people's favorite and then from there I think I slowly dove deeper because you know for most of us we'd heard call me maybe and that was the only you know familiarity we have with Carly Rae that came out summer 
or spring 2012. So one hit wonder at that time. Uh, I liked the song well enough. The music video was fun. Uh, I think everyone had a positive effect. It was like, yeah, it was a good kind of one hit wonder fun pop song for the summer. Um, and that was it. Her, her album Kiss didn't do much else. I think they tried to release a couple singles and no one really kind of vibed with it. Um, so Emotion was her own thing where I was doing a lot of research on Wikipedia. So just reading there um, about her preparation for the album and how this one was where she was a lot more allowed to, to kind of take creative control and build out what she wanted to sound like. Um, and I think that's definitely, I've listened to Kiss, but honestly, I, I don't care for it too much. It just sounds pretty run of the mill. Whereas Emotion, I've listened to more times than I can count. So I got into it that couple of years after, and I just, I just fell in love. I've always enjoyed pop music, but I think uh, this album helped me fully realize, so just, yeah, I love a good, strong pop. Uh, I don't know if there's a better term, pop diva, pop queen album. I love that. I, I think it's phenomenal music. I think it's very fun. Um, I think that Carly just has a way of, of making a sound that is, that is exciting. Um, I don't think that I look at any of the songs on this album and, and get bummed out. I, that's just not the music that she kind of makes and that's okay. Um, I listened to her for years. I went to her concert in 2019, was it? Summer 2019, downtown Salt Lake. That was wonderful. Um, had a great time. She had plenty of inflatable swords that people gave her because um, of the meme to give Carly Rae a sword. But Apart from that, I just have always had a great time with this album because I think it just, I think it can speak to everybody in just a in, in a simple way that you can't deny the bounce, the fun that is that is emotion. So I, I, you guys, I dabbled around with a couple other choices actually. I was I was struggling with making this decision, and I listened to a couple albums that I said I was going to do, and I was like, wait, I don't even know what what am I going to say about these? I don't have anything right now. And I was like, you know, you got to go with the brand, and like I. Carly Rae's been a big part of my personality for a few years. I had to make the choice. So um, I'm glad we could bring it to the table here. Yeah. And uh, I love what you said about like this album kind of helped you realize that like pop music could be more than just like a radio hit mm -hmm. because this is really like a, like a technically, I think a technically great pop album. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people just like shy away from pop music um, like it's very maligned it's very like made mm -hmm. fun of um because i think that like people don't understand really and it's not for the like a fault of their own i'm not trying trying to shame anyone for not liking pop music yeah. but it's like uh it's just one of those things it's like oh if i don't listen to it it's not gonna matter that much anyways so like i might as well like make fun of it and <laughs> move along like i'm not really missing anything huge by not listening to it but this is a really like instrumentally great album i think the writing is like kind of surface level like uh, i think that that's mm -hmm. fair to say but yep. i think that all pop music is because it's popular music generated for a popular audience so mm -hmm. like i i don't have too many qualms with that but blake harms uh, what did you yeah. think diving back into it yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really liked it, and then I went and looked at some of like some details about it, and then I realized that it kind of fits this larger pattern I'm noticing when I like when I really like a pop album. It's made by some indie artists that I love. So like this album was helped produced by Vampire Weekend and Blood Orange mm -hmm. and Sia, and I was just shocked to like. I mean, I shouldn't be at this point because like it's it feels like every time I'm like, wow, this is a fun little bop. 
and it's just like there's there's always some kind of brooding indie artist underneath yeah. and so that's why but i i wondered like maybe because you've listened to us so much blake how do you how do i like what what parts is it a full collaboration or am i can i hear a carly signature in this album that's like her you know that's not them or you know what i mean yeah i i, I get what you're saying um because i i go back to what brendan said as well with you know the writing being pretty surface level i think that's always been um <laughs> the truth of carly <laughs> ray and and i don't think that is at all a bad thing i think this may be a topic we dive into later on in the discussion but i think that there's talent can be realized in so many different ways and i think that you know pigeonholing one or the other that it's not a very gifted you know song or anything i think i i come across this a lot more in in film in film critique that i think people just hate on a lot of stuff um just because oh it's not as great as this it doesn't have the depth there and i think there's so much ability that can be found other ways to realize the talent and i think so much of it comes from blending talent but so much with passion in reading the same story about the people who did um, help out like you said like dev hines like see all those people i uh, i won't be able to give you a perfect answer of what is what i mean looking at the track listing i think like i see sia show up on just like one song on boy problems i'm thinking i don't know how accurate all those are but i think everybody kind of threw in their own special but i read i read a lot through the development and it just how many times she had these different sessions with people and they it just sounded like i would love to be you know fly on the wall there as she was um, meeting with someone in japan talking through these different songs or she was on tour she in between these two albums she also i learned this there's a lot i learned she played cinderella on broadway um wow. i was like yeah she moved away because she was kind of not heartbroken but like just a little kind of fr first album seeing the success of the one hit wonder all that stuff but not like realizing her full potential because apparently i think they said the other album was written in like a month kiss was and it was really studio driven and she was just kind of burnt out a little bit by it. And I think she also had a breakup at that time. So she wanted to just have a departure. So she ended up playing Cinderella Broadway, which I now have to search and see if there's any clips of that. So that gave her a kind of departure, but then, so she worked with musical artists on Broadway and had all these kind of creative times where it shows to me that Carly Rae is not, not a, she's still a serious artist in a way um, in the people, you know, like you said, that she was able to work with and find her sounds um, I, it's eighties pop is, is usually a big thing thrown into this a lot of sense. Um, I think that's kind of the way to just kind of see what she's found her lane as I feel her next album had a similar enough sound to it. Um, could I tell you every bit that these people also contributed? No, I, I can't, I can't pull out a little bit, but I do think that I can tell just by listening to the album, it's, it's an album created by, by passion and by by creative night so i think is isn't is a big part of what it makes it what it is yeah and um i think that yeah her i think that her biggest contribution to the album is her songwriting probably i think that even before call me maybe she was a she was an industry songwriter which a lot of pop musicians are um casey musgrave sia basically think of any pop musician you know and they have written songs for other people probably before they got famous even like taylor swift um, writes songs for people all the time um, i think that this album i i saw that uh jack antonoff uh was on this album as well i'm pretty sure um to me every time you hear synths or the tuba or any like mm -hmm. 80s pop um that is him 
pretty soundly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I don't hear a lot of his writing on this. It doesn't sound like a Lord or a Taylor Swift album um, or like a Bleachers album in terms of writing, but in terms of instruments, I think it sounds very close to a, to a Bleachers album. Um, and like the, the Rostam song, I think that that one is, um... oh boy, let me see my notes. Um, I think that that one is LA Hallucinations maybe or Warm Blood. Um, there's a, a Pitchfork article on this album kind of breaks it down in better in like by tracks. Um, so if anyone wants to like actually look and see what artists have what song or like impact on what songs, um, go read the Pitchfork review. But yeah, I, I think that this is a really just great technically sounding album. It sounds full without sounding overproduced um, and it doesn't sound too clean. I think a lot of pop music sounds way too clean, mm -hmm. but I feel like that there's a lot of, uh, not necessarily background music, but there's a lot of times when I hear a note and then it carries for a long time and it's used as like the filler in the background while they're doing any matter of things with the baseline drums, all that. And I think something that is interesting too in my in my research today, um, pop music sounds very much of its time. So like we were talking in the pre-show about Charlie XCX. Um, Charlie XCX released an album very close to this one. And even though they're contemporaries, they're pretty big pop stars at this point, they sound almost completely different because Charlie XCX's album sounds really influenced by like British house music, um, European electronic music, and that's kind of the lane that she's gone down. But yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen, it sounds like 80s American pop, which is like what people want to listen to, you know? So yeah. I, I thought that that was interesting in seeing the the differences in those two in those two contemporary albums or contemporaries of each other. So Blake, with uh, I know you've you've really stunk stuck a a flag in Carly's Carly's music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder um, if you want to give us like a few minutes on your passion and where it came from. <laughs> for her, for Carly, yeah, yeah. I I just think. She has princess vibes. I'll give her that. Yeah, the, yeah. the Cinderella comment makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I I looked up photos and like that. I didn't. I don't know. I just didn't see it in my head. But then I saw I'm like, yeah, she can pull that off. Um, my my passion for Carly Rae, I think, just stems from, um, I think musically at that time I wasn't in a rut. I feel like I just kind of, I done a lot of listening to sad songs very melodramatic a lot i'm trying to think what else 2016 i don't like have a a, a very popping memory in my head of, of very exciting songs and the bon so I, record came out that year what, yeah. what record there was a bonavert record that came out same that with um, oh yeah the rapper okay chance to okay chance that was a very fun upbeat album though but the beginning of the year was lame uh, yeah so i see what you're saying and yeah. he came out at the end of the year too yeah mm. So with with that, I think I just found it, and I it was about the time I really delved into her when I moved out of Logan and moved to Salt Lake. Um, so that was the first time I was on my own, you know, 
I obviously, I, you know, lived out in apartments in college and whatnot, but I was still in the same town I grew up in. My parents were still 15 minutes away at most. So moving to Salt Lake, I was finally like, actually, okay, I'm on my own. I'm getting a job. I'm doing this stuff. And so I relate a lot to that time of just, it was tough. You know, obviously that transition, I think is tough for a lot of people at that age as it's a big change in life. I remember I didn't have a lot of friends uh, move out to Salt Lake at the same time. I felt like I was off. Like I had a lot of friends that graduated the year before me and I had a lot of friends that graduated after me, um, but not as many that graduated at the same time as me. And so I had friends that were already off other places and I had friends that were still staying in Logan. And I kind of had to make all new friends in Salt Lake. I did completely start over. I moved into my great aunt's basement for the first few months as I was looking for a job. So that was uh, a time in and of itself. And then I, I found an apartment through another friend that was leaving. So I started making new friends in that house and their friends and stuff. And it was just like a brand new, a fresh start that I kind of had to go through. And Carly Ray, I remember a lot of times, a, a lot of conversations I would throw on Carly Ray and the songs. We're driving somewhere. We're driving to Wednesday movie nights because I was also by the time movie pass, we'd gotten movie pass that summer. And, oh, gosh, <laughs> the greatest year of my life. So just just jamming out to Carly Ray on the way to our eighth free movie of the month. Um, and <laughs> the, so I remember I would play that and I had a scheme. Yes, exactly. They I will take Silicon's money in a heartbeat. Yes. Um, and I would put this on a lot of people, who is this? And depending on how that conversation went, just determined whether you invited to come again next time. And I would tell them Carly Ray, and a lot of people be like, What? Carly, call me maybe, what? And they would scoff and they would laugh. And I feel like every time I'd get, I'd, I'd win them over, I'd convert them and people would listen, but this is fun. And it was a good time. It was, it was, it was a fun album to have in the background of cars at that time to drive around, to dance, to shake your head on the I-215. It was a really fun album. And I think that helped me a lot to, to keep exciting stuff. I can sit around, I can listen to um, old sad stuff if I want to. I'm trying to remember if I was into Julian Baker that time or she had even had an album out yet. <laughs> but that'll put you that'll put you at your on your ass yeah, for a week listening to a Julian Baker album. I'll tell you that, man. But um yeah, no, she had sprained ankle out in twenty fifteen. Yeah, I was probably listening to a lot of Julian Baker. That's probably what turned me down. And Carly Ray, and I still love them both, but Carly Ray is the antithesis of Julian Baker music. <laughs> and so I think that was just the biggest thing is like that fun it was just an exciting, enjoyable time that I could listen to that whole album. That I could put it on for people that we can crank it up loud and, and play it at parties. And it was a fun time. And I still hold that today that, you know, if I'm feeling down, I could throw on Carly Rae Jepsen. If we want to get the party up and going, not crazy, but up and going, I'll listen to Carly Rae. So. Wow. So is there like a song that parallels, like that, that kind of captures that whole experience Oh yeah, it's right away with the me, album. without a doubt. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, once you once you put on that the first notes, it's it's game over. That oh, song, the, it just the sax. Yeah, the sax. Once you put once you hear that sax coming through the speakers of your yeah. 2012 Hyundai Tucson, like it's it's game <laughs> over. You know it's party time. So that was the one that that's still my favorite Carly Rae song of all time, um, of the album of all of her work, etc. I just think it's 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 a perfect song of just run away with me. It's fun. Let's do it, and it mm. captures that emotion of. I'm in love. I want to run, I, or at least I'm in, in like, in infatuation with someone. Yeah. I don't know if it's love, but uh, you know it's of the thrilling. song. Yeah, it's thrilling. It's exciting. Run away with me. Um, we just have tonight to think about. Let's just let's just have fun. Play the sax. So. <laughs> I love that, Blake Harms. Any any songs that stood out to you? 
Yeah, I love I love Run Away with me also. Um I really liked all that. I don't I think it was the synth beat on that one that I that I just really loved. Um Your Type. I thought that one was kind of fun. <laughs> um of the bonus tracks I liked uh Love Again and I also liked Never Get to Hold You. So those were my favorites. Um yeah. I think mostly because they were like the 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 they had the most synth in them i think and i think i just i'm biased i'm super biased yeah <laughs> i really liked uh la hallucinations and it doesn't quite fit with the rest of the album but i think that it's a necessary reprieve like the first four songs are so um like when i listened to this i listened to it i thought of it in like three parts so like the first and i didn't unfortunately i didn't listen to the bonus tracks i only listened to the the regular version um the first five are like starting out to the races like let's go let's let's have a pop album the middle part kind of has some a little bit like more changes of pace and then the end of the album gets kind of weird and uh i also liked the vocal distort on warm blood um i thought that that was another one that didn't really sound like it belonged to the album but it was a really good pop song that i i enjoyed very much so those those were the tracks that stuck with me and of course i mean run away with me is it's one of the best i and i even like i really i really like you i can see how people would think that that's annoying but it it really builds in a lot of places (laughs) it really does yeah it really really does Uh it really really does I think that was part of the problem with I really like you is that I, I was reading it got pushed as the lead single and it does sound a little too it sounds bubblegum, right? That's that's the word I think Carly Ray is always described as. But if if it wasn't the pushed as the first song you need to know about this album, I think it holds up on its own. I think it's still fun. Mainly because I mean I, the music video, whenever I watch that, it's great. I don't know how have you guys seen it? No, I haven't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Tom, it it's Tom fun. Hanks. Tom Hanks is in the music video lip syncing the song. And then Justin Bieber shows up at the end. It makes no sense, um, but I think I see that often enough. But I think it's fun enough in there. I Today, re-listening a couple of times, I hadn't listened to LA Hallucinations in a while, and I came away with the same things, Brennan. It just feels different. It feels a little darker, feels a little mysterious, and I like that. I like it changing up a bit. So um, other than that, yeah, I love... She's, she's talking shit on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's talking shit on the music industry. We love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I love them all. It, Making it, the most of the night. That's sorry, arms. Yeah, no, no, no. I just, I think you're. I, I think, I was just trying to think. It's titled "Emotion," and I think that most of the songs were all like rooted in just you know, love breaking up and energy afterwards and finding new. Like, I don't think that it was really dealing with other uh, harder emotions. Maybe I missed those songs. Not, not. I mean, breakups are definitely hard, but they were all super upbeat. So it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't know. Maybe there's some contradiction in some of them. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, th- I think that that's just pop music, like yep. in and of itself, like, like uh, pop music is, it's, it means two things like popular music and then pop music in it, in and of itself as it's. Yeah. So I think yeah. that that's just like very endemic of the mode. Like think of the, think of um, Blake uh, Harms, what we listened to last week. Uh, crushing by julia jacqueline yeah uh, like think of the depth of emotion on that and then think of the depth of emotion on this and it's just like yeah after you listen to crushing you're like 
man, I need a bath or like a, a <laughs> right. And then after right. you listen to this, you're like, oh, I could go, I could go another round. So yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is uh, endemic of like they want people to listen to this, not necessarily to like dive deep it. and experience yeah. and feel through it. Yet. Yeah, which yeah, it, yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, not at all. I think that is a perfect title for that reason because usually we use the word emotion, or at least I've noticed this with my classes. We use the word emotion when we don't really want to dig into the emotion, we want to stay at a superficial high level you know, instead of like actually digging into grief or something like that. So we just say, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm in my feelings. I'm very emotional. Like such a very, it's a very popular way to talk about emotions. And so I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. It's just honest. It's yeah. honest for what it is. And I think like you can't, and that's, that's like what Brandon was saying. You can't really, pop music, you can't do a lot of topics through that lens. Like I couldn't write a song that sounds like Carly Rae Jepsen and talk about a rough, you know, growing up and and disconnect with my parents you can't really examine that theme through that lens and I think that's a part of why because I, I I defend her one because I like her but two because I think it's easy to throw this kind of music aside um, I think there's definitely twinges of misogyny in a lot of the criticisms as well absolutely because mm. a lot of the times pop music like this is done by women um, so I think that is definitely a thing that is thrown into there but also I just it just bugs me because I feel like every every human emotion is valid, right? Anger, sadness, depression, um, happiness, excitement, love, they're all something that people feel. They're all a, a, a huge part of life. And yes, Carly Rae does not do songs that maybe deal really well with what depression feels like and what it's like to sit by your grandpa's side as he dies in a hospital. That's a song I've ever listened to a lot lately. But like, that's okay. Other people do that. Carly Rae does happiness, excitement, and the feeling of a new a new love, right? The new yes. excitement, the new infatuation. She does that really, really well. And I don't think that should be any type of negative upon her. She Mm-mm. has serious feelings as a human being. She's in her 30s. She's not walking around thinking she's 15 years old on, you know, on a lollipop. But the way that she is able to realize her art and her contribution to the world, she does this emotion really, really well. And it's not the same as someone else and that's fine but then it kind of gets pushed to that side i think there's a bad way to do both of those i think there's Mm -hmm. a bad way a very hollow way to do pop music that is thrown together by a studio i think we hear a lot of it now right i think there's also a lot of bad ways to do mumblecore sad music too that people kind of do because they feel like it fits into what may be popular in their circles i feel Mm -hmm. that a lot as way with films as well i think there's a great way to do very straightforward action heavy um, enjoyable popcorn films, blockbuster films. I also feel like there's bad ways to do serious films. I mean, it's they're all valid. And I think what matters is, is the level of talent on what they're trying to do. Her intentions were to have this fun pop album and she did it. And she knocked it out of the park. She hit a home run in the park uh-huh. that she was playing in. So, Yeah, and if yeah. you don't think that pop can get into real emotions, go listen to the song Dancing on My Own by Robin. Oh, uh, yeah. That one hits. Go watch Masterclass. the epi- Go watch the episode of Girls where it plays and you'll cry your eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I I really, really like this album. <laughs> really, really. Um, I also, this song isn't on this album, but her song Too Much, that's a near perfect song for me as well. Um, I just wanted to throw that in there. Any last thoughts on emotion? Uh, before we move into our big recommendations of the week, go listen to I it. Just, go love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that it's like 
I was thinking about it afterward, and I think it's the perfect album to introduce. Like, not that anyone needs to be introduced to pop, but I was like, this is the album I'd I'd give to some other culture who doesn't understand <laughs> us. And like, here, go listen. This is this is us. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag this is us. <laughs> um, Blake Lyman, any last thoughts? No, I, I love it. I'll go to my grave defending Carly Rae, and uh, she gets me in my emotions. Yes, she does. She gets us all in our emotions. Well, that takes us to our big recommendations of the week. Um, we haven't sorted out an order. Does anyone have a burning passion to go first, or should I go first? I'll take you your go, silence. You go first, Brenda. We, you're feeling the mood. Your silence is a cosign. Um Okay, my big recommendation of the week. I recently read uh, Slave Play by the playwright Jeremy O'Harris. Okay. It is a, uh, I don't know if it was on Broadway. It was definitely, if it wasn't on Broadway, it was off Broadway. But it was a 2018 play uh, written by the playwright Jeremy O'Harris. He was largely unknown before this. Um, and now he's kind of been vaulted into a sort of stardom. Uh, I think that he's working on more plays and more more novels. Uh, but it's a very funny, unexpected um, look at race relations and um, told through a very funny way. The story is very funny, and the name won't make total sense until you read it. So mm-hmm. everyone should go read it, um, buy it from an independent bookstore, um, and this is also just a general plug for reading plays in general. After I read this, I really wanted to pick up uh, one of my favorites. I know Blake Harms will appreciate this, Death of a Salesman, uh, Arthur uh, Miller. Yeah. I also wanted to pick up and read Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf again. Um, so, you know, go read Slave Play, uh, laugh, and um, look at yourself, and then um, go read some more plays because they make you smarter and a better person so um, well on your way to an english teacher in high school (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly um blake lyman would you like to go next yeah um i was thinking a little bit trying to jump around what to do i feel like i've mentioned it so many times i recommend uh two movies um because i feel like i've talked about the duality of of serious movies and comedic movies um just movies i've watched in the past three weeks i was looking at my letterbox um the first one Kind of a fun movie that I really enjoyed uh, is Attack the Block from 2011. Have you guys seen that one? No, but I know it has uh-uh. John Boyega mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, it's got John Boyega in it. It's a group of British teens who are up to no good, um, and their neighborhood gets seemingly attacked by monsters, aliens, whatever it may be, and it's about them defending their block. And I don't know if, if I, I wrote this in my review that I think we find 18-year-old British people, like teens, like very charming the way they talk and so funny. I don't know if they think the same of 18-year-olds in America, but <laughs> the group of guys are hilarious. John Boyega is in it in 2011 before he was in Star Wars, um, kind of his first major role, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's very funny. It's it's a good, like, kind of light horror film. It's in that it's not, like, excessively scary and going to attack you and, and frighten and give you nightmares, but still a horror and jumps and and attacking killing monsters but still very funny so i love that one it's on amazon prime right now for free um if you have a prime membership so watch that one the other one i watched just last sunday is uncle boon me who can recall his past lives 
Um, it's a Thai film from 2010. I've heard about it for a couple of years and this might not be everyone's taste. I, I really realize that. Um, it won the Cannes Film Festival, the Palme d'Or, the year it came out for the best movie at the festival. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. I've been kind of doing foreign film Sunday where I try to watch a, a foreign film every Sunday. I don't know why that just feels easier to do the, you know, to kind of do the reading then. Um, it's very slow pace. It's very deliberate. It's not very clear everything that happens, but I just thought it was beautiful. It's about um, a man who's slowly dying in Thailand, about his past life, about people coming back into his life. Um, there's some really gorgeous camera shots and a lot of stuff that just kind of leave you thinking. So it may not be for everyone. You may not like it if you do try it out, but um, I really enjoyed Uncle Boon Me. You can just search that and you can find it. You know, to search the whole title, but. Wow. I, I will put it on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for the rec. Blake Harms, yeah. round us out. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I So I also found out that Sufjan Stevens is coming out with a five-part album coming up on Grief. Is it the rest of um, the damn states he promised us? The rest of so that's actually what the chatter is. Is like they, Apparently, there were a whole bunch of fans in 50 states that all got together and were like okay we like it was organized with this comedian named joey cliff but these out these 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 uh just song writers from different states all compiled little albums for their states that are all available on soundcloud so there are 50 albums that are supposedly finishing out steven's like vision but it's not like it's now bigger than him and it's nothing like but some of them are like, okay, so I listened to the Utah album and like every song kind of sounds like an early Sufjan Stevens to be alone with you. Like it's all really basic guitar string and strumming. Um, but guess, guess to make two guesses about which, what were the Utah song subjects? Um, the Utah jazz? No. Oh, the gosh. Bonneville Salt Flats. No, the um, first one was about City Creek, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the contradiction okay. of like the church and state. And it was kind of okay. good. I, I right. mean, it was real catchy. <laughs> okay. And then another one was about Timpanogos. Oh, oh, Mount Tim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Mount Tim. Very surprising. <laughs> so anyway, check listen. that out. Yeah, check that out on SoundCloud. Very fun. And then the two. I have a. I have a quick one. I just was digging into the fire festival documentaries mm-hmm. um so i right just found time, out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i just right found now. yeah it is it really is but um apparently jerry media who did the advertising for the fire festival produced the netflix documentary yes as a way to change the narrative mm-hmm. about the 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 and so you could see like they were painting um what's his name billy the guy billy they were painting him as the sole villain rather than like taking any culpability and it's just wild that they like had the bitter received documentary (laughs) even though i like the hulu one oh i need to watch the hulu one now because i i don't i don't f with um f jerry no that yeah, cancel, cancel jerry cancel honestly jerry, please. yeah please just i would him live for platform. it the it's just a lot yeah I, we don't need to go into fuck jerry um <laughs> on this on this show that'll be but, next week okay yeah that's i did know that and it's always crazy to me that yeah people were just like oh my god his name's m david when really like 
the, the real story is like yeah these people just like totally like messed up a bunch of people's vacation and then got away with it kind of but uh yeah well okay well now i'm gonna dive back into hulu thank you you're welcome thank you blake arms (laughs) um well you guys uh this has been a fun show recounting uh vaccine stories and um talking about our middle school ipods um just before we go i think if i looked at my middle school ipod it would be a lot of lincoln park foo fighters Mm. um that tracks that tracks for me yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's not a bad thing i'm just saying i get that that sounds like brendan no, yeah, Lincoln Park was definitely my first introduction of like the the crossover of electronic and um, rock and roll music, which is yeah. basically all I listen to now. So yeah. um, <laughs> I'd be lying. I'd be lying myself if I didn't edge a few lawns to uh, try so hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I think we all did. Um, well, fellas, this has been really fun. Uh, I believe that this is our tenth episode. So. Blake Lyman, thanks for being on hey, our Blake. Uh, 10th episode celebration. This has been really fun. Um, everyone go listen to Emotion and um, tweet at Jerry Media that they're bad. I don't know. Report them on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, report them. <laughs> Mass for, report. Report them for spam and just... Just say uh, they're not funny. Yeah, not funny enough. That's my complaint. Get them out of here. All right, guys. See you next, or uh, not see you next week, but uh, see you later. Soon. Yeah, soon. (laughs) See you soon. See you soon. (laughs) See you soon.